Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, if you guys haven't had the opportunity to check out the Navigator Series, it's a brand new lineup from Lacrosse. They have the Windrose for men and women. They also have the Atlas, and that's what I wore during my rut vacation this fall. Check them out. They're very comfortable. Uh, It's a traditional rubber boot kind of mixed with a traditional hunting hiking boot they've mashed it together and the outcome is the navigator series check it out at lacrossefootwear.com my name is clay newcomb and i'm the host of the bear hunting magazine podcast i'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of north american wilderness the bear We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, Chasing Bear. On this podcast, you're going to hear us have a great conversation with Straight Sadio. Yep, that's his name, Straight Sadio. Straight is a dry ground mountain lion hunter and bear hound hunter out in New Mexico. We have a great conversation with him, me, and my good buddy, Brent Reeves. But before we get into the podcast, I want to draw your attention to our buddies over at W Hunting Supply. Brent, do you know where they're at? Do you know where they're based out of? I know they're they're right here in the good old U.S. of A. Yes, they're, they're ba- based out of Washington, Yakima, Washington. And I tell you what, I mean... W, these guys are real deal hound hunters, and they know all the products that you that they sell. If I've had trouble setting up my one of my Garmin products one time, I called them. The person that answered the phone walked me through without even looking at a computer for how to sync the collar. It was easy stuff, but I just didn't know how to do it. So 
W, they're the real deal. They're 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 fighting for houndsmen. Their their mission in their business is more than just selling products to houndsmen. But uh, they're supporting us. We need to support them. That's right. That's right. And uh, good guys. So check out W Hunting Supply. They've got an awesome line of, well, they carry all the Garmin stuff, all the dog, I mean, anything you could ever dream of, but they also have a really cool custom line of apparel. Yeah. Okay. The second thing I want to talk about is our friends at Houndsman XP. Okay. So Chris Powell and Steve Fielder, good friends of ours. Um, If you're listening to this and you're a Houndsman and you haven't heard of Houndsman XP, go over and check them out. They're, They're producing high-quality content about all things hound, from coon hunting to big game hunting to competition hunting to rabbit hunting to squirrel hunting. These guys are doing everything. So check out our buddies at Houndsman XP. For sure. Good guys. Number three. Number three, Brent. Western Bear Foundation. Another group of good folks doing some really good work. Yep. Check out our buddies over at the Western Bear Foundation. Uh, they are a nonprofit hunting conservation organization that is a voice for sportsmen out in a very hostile part of the world and, and heated heated debate in the West uh, about grizzly bears and black bears. And uh, these guys are fighting the good fight for the sportsmen. And so check out our buddies over at the Western Bear Foundation. Hey, let's talk to Old Straight now. We are gathered round the fire in the land of enchantment in New Mexico. The wood is burning hot. Straight, is this juniper wood? Yes, sir. Juniper, juniper wood. It's uh, temperature's got to be 30. Is it close to 32 probably? Yeah, for it was, sure. It was 37 on the way home. Mm-hmm. So we're still all a little bit chilled to the bone here. We have been hound hunting in New Mexico with Straight Cedillo. Um So we're going to be talking to Straight. But before that, we're going to do a cold open. A cold hound hunting open that is sure to draw in the ratings. Because right to my right, and we're going to give a more formal intro- introduction to, to Straight. But I've got Brent Reeves, the Brent Reeves. The. Brent, why don't you tell me a story? This is a cold opening. I will. Tell me a story <laughs> that your daddy told you about a coon dog. <laughs> well, <clears throat> once upon a time, my dad loved anything to do with dogs, tree dogs especially. And back when he was, this would have been in the 50s, he would have been a young teenager or 12 or 13 years old. And he and my uncle used to borrow the neighbor's coon dog. He lived down the road about half a mile. His name was Nobody. He had a brother named Obadiah. Mm. And there's a hill down there along that road where my father grew up and where I lived. Uh, called Obadiah Hill. And compared to the hills here in New Mexico, it's just a small bump in the road. But in Cleveland County, Arkansas. Yeah. You know, Especially pre- southeast yeah. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's a pretty good hill. So 
anyway, coon prices were, were, were good. And I'm not exactly sure the coon prices had as much to do with it as how much fun it was to coon hunt. <laughs> but they would borrow nobody's coon dog. And nobody didn't know that they were borrowing borrowing <laughs> him. So how this took place was after when it got dark, obviously, uh, my dad and my uncle would slip down the road and they would crawl up into nobody's yard. And he had this dog, this big old blue tick chained out beside the house, chained up, you know, chained to his collar. And he had a house there and, and everything he needed to to rest and be comfortable and be a champion yeah. coon dog. So one of them, they would take turns. They would slip up there and take the collar off the dog's neck, fasten it back as if he had slipped the collar, and they would go off coon hunting. After they were finished, they'd come back home. Of course, they got home. The dog would just trot down the road back to nobody's house. Go back house. home. Yeah. So nobody gets up the next morning – you know, the coon dog is on the front porch or laying out there, but he, you know, he's, he's doesn't have his collar on. Works like a charm. Everybody's happy. My dad and my uncle get to go coon hunting. Nobody gets his dog back. <laughs> so the only issue with this was after about three nights of it, they were doing particularly well, according to my dad, and were hammering the coons pretty good. So about the third night in a row, they go down there to borrow the, the dog. My dad and my uncle crawl up to the edge of the yard. My dad sends my uncle up there. You know, and being the older brother, that probably had that probably wasn't just a coincidence that that my uncle was going in there first. I would assume that he was. Uh, my dad was sending him up there in case they got caught. He could get away. He's going to catch my uncle yeah. and not him. Yeah. But anyway, he crawls up there, and uh, my dad says, in just a short time, it's dark, you know, and they're crawling around in this yard. My uncle comes crawling back and said, there's something wrong with that dog. Something, Something's not right. Something's wrong with it. And dad said, what's wrong with him? He said, I, I, he sounds like he got pneumonia. <laughs> of course, these are boys trying to work this problem out. And so dad said, well, let me go up there. So he crawls up there, and he said the closer he got, to that dog, the louder he could hear him breathing. And he said it sounded like he was just, it was just a struggle. <laughs> inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Like he was really having to concentrate to do it. And so he couldn't, you know, my uncle was right. Something, something was wrong with him. So dad said that he run his hand up on his collar to check the dog out, you know, and to take the collar off of him. And he said that collar was so tight <laughs> on that dog's neck that it was all he could do to breathe. One more <laughs> notch. He said one more notch and he wouldn't have made it. <laughs> so apparently after three mornings in a row of nobody having to put the collar back on, he was gradually tightening that collar. He up was so tightening the, that collar So down. the dog wouldn't slip off the collar. <laughs> Oh man! So that ended there, borrowing nobody's. <laughs> so they dog. decided that if they had done it one more time, the dog would probably have been choked. For the, for the, for the welfare <laughs> of the dog, they quit, they quit borrowing. They quit borrowing it. Yeah, and they would just hunt. He told me later they would just go hunt with nobody. Oh man! 
okay, I cannot stand behind the ethics of these decisions that these young Arkansas boys made, but that's a good story. <laughs> yeah. That's good a good times. story. That's a good story. Straight, have you ever been a part of anything like that before? Never. Never. I don't, yeah, don't have any stories like that. <laughs> so we've been, uh, we've been hound hunting in southeast New Mexico. This is the fourth day. Tomorrow's our last day of hunting. And we're out here with, like I said, Straight's deal. Straight is, uh, well, Straight, you introduce yourself, man. Um, I live here in yeah, southeast New Mexico, uh, born and raised. Um, Dunked a basketball when you were a junior <laughs> in high school for the Capitan Tigers. That was it. Yeah, that was, that was straight, a memory. For, if, a memory straight is no... I mean, if he's an inch tall, he's six foot six. <laughs> Straight six foot six, and about as big around as a ponderosa, a young ponderosa <laughs> pond. Yeah. He's built for speed, as my grandfather. Yeah, would say. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Born and raised here. Um, into hunting a little bit early on, and uh, last uh, six and a half, seven years, really jumped into hunting head first, and. Uh, Got a couple dogs from from another guy, another local, and it was downhill from there. It was a uh, it was a disease. It was one dog after another, and yeah, we got we got into mules, and same same thing there. We've got plenty of mules, plenty of hounds. So yeah. So describe to us the 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 big game hound hunting in New Mexico. You're hunting black bear and mountain lion. Yes, sir. Yeah, we yeah we bear hunt uh, starting in August, mid August, and uh, go through the end of the month of August, and then start back up in September, uh, and start lion hunting in November. So, so there's a gap in September because of the elk season. Correct. Yeah, you can't, you can't run big game with hounds during the elk season here in New Mexico. Correct. During the archery elk season, that's uh, the 24 day first 24 days of September. Yeah. So yeah, dogs get a good little break and. Uh, Get ready for a second round, and then you can line hunt year round here. Yeah, yeah, we do have a year round line season. Now, are the lines distributed all the way across New Mexico? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty good line population in New Mexico. Um, that's a. Uh, Is New Mexico known for big lines or just average lines or? I would say the northern part of the state, from what I've seen, is known for bigger cats. Uh, to me, I, I just think because the temperature's up there, I think it's a lot colder in the winter, uh, more snow, uh, more elk. I think they're able to put a little more weight on, put some more fat on for, uh, for the winters up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, down here, our, our, a good tom down here is anywhere between 130, 150 pounds. And that's a giant cat. That's Yeah, that's a good cat. Yeah, you don't realize... Yeah. Yeah, 150-pound cat. They don't. So what it takes for a region to support mountain lions is a lot of ungulates, a lot of deer, and a lot yeah. of elk. That's what it takes. I mean, that, that's the limiting factor. Mm-hmm. And at one time, now let me tell you something, and you, you, you may not believe me, Brent Reeves. I but probably won't. It's true. It's true. It's, okay, what is, well, back up, back up, back Okay, pre-European settlement in North America. With me, pre before, yeah, before Europeans arrived. I got you. What was the most widely distributed big game animal in North America Bison. from the Atlantic 
ocean, to the Pacific Ocean, to the boreal forest, to the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico. Bison. Bison. Okay, we got one bison straight. I'd say elk. Okay, good. You're both wrong. Mountain lion. Really? Hmm. Puma. Yeah. I mean, there were mountain lions all the way in North Carolina and Georgia and Florida. I mean, you know the Florida panther that we hear Mm -hmm. so much about. All the way to mountain lions in California, mountain (laughs) lions in British Columbia, mountain lions in Alberta, Saskatchewan. I mean, like all the way across, all the way down into Mexico. Mountain lion. I mean, the historical literature of Arkansas is full of mountain lions. Yeah. So... There was there was basically very little gap in their natural dis, dist, distribution, which is kind of bizarre now because now there are massive gaps and distributions of free range wild populations yeah. and mountain lions, and it's all because of, um, I mean it, it, it's 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 because of the kind of the the vermin mentality that that kind of haunted the late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds, and they killed cats out. And they really weren't welcome back in. That's kind of the best way to say it. But the the West is so remote and so sparsely populated with humans comparatively to other parts of the country that there's still lions out here. Because I, I kind of want straight like you you've grown up here your whole life, so I mean like mountain lions walking through your yard is probably not that foreign. But to us being from kind of the mid South, I mean. Having mountain lions is pretty stinking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw lion tracks. The dogs chased a lion on the first day, yeah. and we called them off. And and straight thinks they probably would have treated it based upon the way they were handling the track. But so it's it's pretty cool. But so the west, where there are lots of elk, which New Mexico has a ton of elk. I mean, you cannot look out the window of the truck in the ditch and not see an elk track. New Mexico has a lot of uh, mule deer. We've seen antelope. We've seen all three of those things. Um, we scored a big uh, mule deer rack yesterday that Straight found. Where, when did you find that? Uh, last spring, I think uh, March, I'd say, mid-March. And how did you know it was a lion kill? No, just the rest of his uh, little carcass was there, buried up, pulled up underneath the tree. Uh, generally, that's what a lion does after it takes down a deer, um, drags him up under some cover, and whenever he's finished with him, he'll bury him up and come back later and... That's the, way I, that's the way I found it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's pretty cool if there's lions here. And so so you're a you're a lion hunter, and there's also a, a great population of black bears, a lot of color-phase black bears in New Mexico. Oh, the, yeah. The bear that we saw the other day. Beautiful. How would, what, what color was he, straight? I'd call him a cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. Did you not call him a what, – what's your special name for the color-phase out here? Which you called it a sun – Sunburn orange. Sunburn yeah. orange. Yeah, yeah. He said that, and I said, "Well, there's another color phase of bears." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few of those around here. Yeah, kind of sunburn. It was beautiful, orange. man. Wow, he was really pretty. It really was a nice looking bear, a small bear. Uh, we yeah. we didn't we 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 chose not to take it. It was a young bear, but a beautiful color phase bear that we treed on the first heck the first hour of the hunt. You want to tell that story? You want to save it for the video? Uh, yeah, we can tell the story. That was a, that was crazy, man. Yeah, go ahead, Brent. We the dog struck and took off like gangbusters. Well, f- start off by saying that we literally got here, started hunting, and I mean it was less than thirty minutes after leaving the oh, truck yeah. on the first day. We left the truck, uh, <clears throat> got the dogs unloaded, got the mules unloaded, and mounted up, and away we went up the mountain. And dog strike. 
we couldn't have been gone 30 minutes from the truck. And no, maybe not even. So the race starts, and up up the canyon they go, and they start getting out of here and getting further and further away. And we're like, okay, we're we're looking at it straight, like, you know, what do we do next? And he's and we're free casting these dogs. So oh, yeah. we're all three of us are on mules, yep. and these dogs are they almost hunt like bird dogs. Straight likes to keep them close. That they pretty much stay within sight. Yeah, what that's cool is because you can see them working. Yeah, you know they're just crisscrossing back and forth on the road, and you know just loping up, trotting up the road in front of you. And um, then when they strike, buddy, it is every all hands on deck, and they go to work. And so they're they're heading up the heading up that canyon there, and just I mean painting the road red and we're looking at straight like what do we do next and he's all cool and calm like you know we'll just see what we're gonna see where they go and then that'll you know make our decision where we need to ride and which way we need to go and he's got these tracking collars on so he's watching them he's, he knows exactly where they're going what elevation they are and what direction and the dogs are going out of here man and we're all three standing there together and they just, oh, 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 getting softer and softer and softer. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, 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 oh. They start getting louder and louder <laughs> coming back. And we're all just sitting there on our mules looking at one another. And I and think the race it was, just came alive. Yeah. They, they kind of went over the top of the mountain and then yeah. kind of came back. And if you've ever heard a good dog race, you know, yeah, they just they just kind of go out of here and then come back in. Yeah, it just gets, you know, it's lower, lower volume. And then all of a sudden it gets louder. You know, I mean, they're still barking at the same level, but they're obviously getting closer. You know, something has changed. Something dynamic is happening. And a dynamic happening doesn't even describe what was fixing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Clay that said, mm-hmm. you know, when a, when a deer race in Arkansas gets gets louder they start coming back our direction yeah he said you know you probably need to pull get your gun ready and i didn't even get it i didn't even get that out yet (laughs) i heard a limb break and i looked off it was probably 120 yards maybe at the at the most and coming down the side of that canyon that we were sitting in was that color face bear and he was absolutely toting the mail. And I was like, hey, man, there's a bear. <laughs> right <laughs> and he there. was coming right towards <laughs> us. Straight at us. And we got, we got mules looking at one another. We're looking at one another. And I'm thinking, I, you know, this, I thought we were chasing bears, not bears chasing us. This is a whole new, whole new <laughs> way this is going to play out. I was thinking, man, Straight's got these dogs trained good. <laughs> He's bringing them back. Them. He's bringing them back. <laughs> For real. What was funny was we had that pup with us, old Doc. Yeah. Doc was, was with us, and I, this bear comes running up to and he runs to a tree 40 well, yards. Well, what happened was we're sitting there. We see this bear come running by, and this, this eight-month-old pup was at our feet, right, straight? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and the pup sees that bear and was like, daggum. That's kind of, and, and <laughs> so here's pup, one for me. The, the pup didn't even bark. He just starts kind of like bouncing towards that bear. It was almost like, hey, you want to play? Yeah. And that bear sees that dog just all of a sudden out of nowhere in his rearview mirror. And the dog didn't even bark. And that bear shot up a ponderosa pine. Yeah, big one right there. And right there at us. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't Then what happened straight? You can take it from here. No, that, that pup. Went to that tree and smelt where he went up and, and looked up and yeah that bear was he was he wasn't but 
eight, ten feet up yeah. up that tree, and <laughs> that pup was trying to figure out, put two and two together, and he, yeah, he he was thinking, man, guys, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what are you guys doing back up on the mountain? <laughs> yeah, and those dogs are still running; they're getting they louder were, and louder. Yeah, louder and louder and louder. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the rest of the pack was yeah they were working themselves down that ridge towards us, and that uh, that bear was a little impatient. We got our mules turned around and got back that direction, try to help that pup keep that bear up that tree. And uh, we were all, me and Clay were hopping off our, our mules and trying to get over there. And mules seeing that bear and we're yeah. we're up under the tree. Mm-hmm. This bear is like twelve. 13 feet maybe i don't know and he's wanting to come down when he realized that dog didn't put any pressure on him and so straight and i are kind of like trotting with our mules we didn't want to let the mules go but we wanted to get under that tree to kind of clap our hands and kind of hoop at that bear to get him to step the tree well we're pulling mules who do not want to go towards this bear and uh I'm still sitting on the mule. Yeah, I've yeah. Dro- I dropped the reins and I got the camera in my hand. So everything's on autopilot for me. Yeah. And we're straight and I are yelling at the bear and he's coming down the tree. I mean, he's like feet from the ground yeah. and straight reaches. I, I don't know if he yelled. I know I was yelling. and Yeah, we were yelling, hooping, and, hollering. And Izzy ended up getting away from me. Like I feel the lead rope just slip through my hands, and I think maybe she's headed back to the truck. So I turn to try to catch my mule, and um, and when I turn back around, the bear is shooting off through the woods. He had come down, and then here come the dogs, and uh, and the race was on again, and uh, and they ended up treeing him probably three quarters of a mile to half a mile away. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, they, they went down that lower country, and uh, yeah, it was probably three quarters of a mile or so. Yeah, and that time they put him up a a nice tree, and all the dogs were there, and they treated him good, and 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 we got there, made the decision that it wasn't a bear that we wanted to take, and uh, just enjoyed seeing him up in the tree, enjoyed seeing the good dog work, oh, and dogs felt are... pretty darn lucky that in the first. Uh, just the first, very first part of our hunt, we had a bear up a tree. Yeah, for real. It was a pretty big deal. It was, I mean, I've bear, you and I bear hunted all, I had never seen anything like that. We've had, you know, the incident where the bear stuck his head in their blind, but that bear charging down the hill like that, running full speed, that was absolutely one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I was hoping seen. he was going to run in between the legs of your mule, Brent. Yeah. I probably wouldn't hit the ground yet. If that would have, that would have happened. <laughs> that Arkansas cowboy would have really came to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been the first Brent rodeo. had to cowboy up a little bit today. We're not sure what happened, but uh, mm. his mule got a little spooked and I had my eyes went shut. for a little run with him. We did. It was the – he was taking the shortcut. Yeah. Back to the truck. <laughs> it worked out, though. It all worked out. I found the brakes. Yeah. Well, that was that was a pretty exciting part of, of, our, of the first few days of our hunt. But straight, why don't you describe <clears> – <throat> so we, we set the stage by saying that there are black bears here, there are mountain lions here. We've told the season structure. We've, we've told that, uh, you know, obviously you can use hounds to – to pursue game here in New Mexico, which is an awesome, awesome thing. Um, how do you like to hunt them? And, and let's talk specifically about bears. We can talk about lions too at some point. But what's your what's your strategy? What do you like to do? Um, bear hunting, uh, getting some good country. Um, generally, I mean, 
I'd say 75% of the time we're going to be mule back, riding mules or horse, um, free casting dogs, just letting them dogs work. Uh, I like to, I like to rig off the truck as well, but in August season, they're just campers and other hunters along them roads doing the same exact thing we are. And just to try to get away from the, uh, from, from the, from the public and, and from those other hunters to get out of the way, get into the back country. We, uh, We'll unload mules and, and free cast them dogs just like we've been doing and uh, let the dogs work and um, hit some good spots, springs, uh, good canyons, what they're eating that time of year, run through some acorn crops and uh, see what we can stir pear, up. Prickly pear cactus like right now is yeah. what they're eating. Yeah, this later time of the year here in October, so that they're, they're hitting that prickly pear pretty hard. Yeah. Um, Would you say most guys are just rigging for bears? I'd I'd say about yeah sixty to seventy percent of the other hunters that show up here, they're uh, they're rigging. There there are a couple of others that that will catch or see out there, horseback or whatnot. But uh, and and rigging, I know there's a lot of people that that may not have a lot of history with hound hunting that are listening to the podcast. Rigging a bear means that you're putting a dog on top of the dog box or or up out of the dog box, and that dog is trying to smell a bear while you're driving down the road. So basically, you're cutting through all this good country. And it's pretty incredible what a hound can do. He's able to uh, he's able to wind bear that haven't even crossed the road, perhaps. Like maybe there's a bear down in a canyon 200, 300 yards off the road, wind's right, and everything's right. That bear, that dog can smell that bear. Then you turn the dog loose and the race is on. Or a bear has crossed the road sometime in the night or that morning, and the dog's from the top of the truck smell where the bear is crossed and then but but there's there's an advantage to that because you're able to you're able to see a track most of the time on these dusty roads if you rig a bear you can get out and you can say oh man that's a that's a really young bear that we don't want to run exactly or you might say man that's a big bear Mm -hmm. that we do want to run and the way you're hunting is tougher yeah yeah it's it's a little tougher especially Having colder nose hounds, uh, generally on the, whenever you're rigging, I mean you can, I'd say you can rig a you know six eight hour old truck. That's that's a that's a pretty good rig, but uh, yeah, free casting dogs and you have colder nose dogs. There's sometimes we'll we'll uh, we'll start cold trailing you know twelve to sixteen eighteen hour old track and it's hard to pull dogs off, especially whenever you know they're doing good. But at the same time, you want to uh, older the track, the less likely you are to catch. I mean it's bears travel so much they're they're feeding just covering country and uh yeah you want you want you want a fresher track so i mean it's it's hard to do but you you call the dogs back off them older tracks and you know keep hunting there's two things you just said that i want to talk about that's uh um important right there i think a lot of people might say 12 to 16 hour old track that's baloney but we saw it with our own eyes, straight. Yep. We we struck. Tell me that. Tell me about that. Because I real I hear a lot of people talking about realistically how old a track a hound can run, and that mm-hmm. means when that bear was actually standing there to when the dog starts the track. But we had a trail camera that we struck off of the other day. Yeah, yeah. We had gotten to that spring, and uh, yeah, we the dogs had started trailing off, and. Uh, Look at the GPS, and yeah, they they passed right where that camera was sitting. So we went down that trail where that camera was on and uh, checked it. And sure enough, there was a bear there. I think it was the evening before, and the timing we'd put that track it was it was about 16 hours. 
and uh yeah they were i mean they were cold trailing it i mean granted i didn't i didn't think but you never know i mean i didn't think they were gonna catch it but you never know they're laid up hanging out for the day you're they're, they're hung up on a kill or something so i mean you just let the dogs work let the dogs tell a story let you i mean that's all i can well but i mean undoubtedly the track that they started and ran for yeah. a long time was a 16 was a 16 hour yeah. old track when it crossed in front of that camera because there were pictures of the dogs and then the picture before that was a bear the the night before at like 6:45 p.m. Yep. and it was like I can't remember what time it was. It was like a, I don't remember, but like I mean it was eleven o'clock or noon. yeah, I think it was pushing eleven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I was really surprised that they could that they could take it, but man, they did. They and they took it, took it for where quite they lost it too. was they got up on top where it was real windy. Yeah, and that's kind of where they lost it, as I recall. Um, now, okay, track age, but you said something else. What did he say that I was going to talk about? Because I'm I, like. A, 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 a houndsman like straight is just saying stuff, but I wanna I wanna qualify I wanna dig into to kind of give some people some some good information. Cold uh, cold nose. Well, it was track track age. Well, we'll just keep going. We were talking about how we hunt or how you're hunt. Oh, this this was it. You said that when you're free casting these dogs. See the thing about rigging a dog, rigging bears, is that. You can choose which dogs you put on the track. You can choose not to run it. You can choose to run it. When we're free casting these dogs off mules, I mean, these dogs are just hunting like bird dogs out in front. I was real interested to see how straight would handle that. And he keeps these dogs. I mean, they're they're well, they're yeah. very very trained in terms of just obedience. Yeah. And he is calling these dogs off tracks that he doesn't think they can finish. I mean, like. Yesterday morning, the dogs hit a track right off the truck, and I thought, I thought, well, here we go. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I mean, these dogs are like in full cry, yeah. headed over the ridge, and straight goes, hey, come on. <laughs> and they just quit, and they came right back. Yeah. I mean, and I <laughs> He's was. He's got a, an amazing handle on them. I mean, they, they handle awesome. And I said, straight? Uh, we're here to kill a bear. <laughs> what was that all about? And he said, he said that was a line track. And I said, how could you tell? So how could you tell it was a line track? Just the way they were trying to start it. Uh, I mean, they were, they were hitting on it just because they smelt it right there. But uh, trying to get a good direction on it, really having to work hard, dig their noses down, and then pine needles we were in, and just how hard they were trying to work on it. Uh, you know, usually you hit, a, you hit a good bear track, and I mean, it's it's go. A good fresh bear track. They're going, getting the direction figured out, and they're gone. But uh, yeah, lion hunting, especially in the dirt, they're gonna, they're going to hit that track, open up on it, get it, and just work, work, work. I mean, so you so, can. I'm sorry, but you, you can see. I mean, you're actually looking at them a majority of the time, and you can see the difference on how they're working. What would eventually become a lion opposed as to a bear, and, uh, and that's that's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've. Uh, yeah, trailed enough with them, and uh, yeah, you you learn them dogs. I mean, them those dogs are hell. They're my best friends. I mean, I can I can watch them and know exactly what they're what they're gonna do, what they're fixing to open up on, and you watch that tail. That tail tells a lot of the story. Yeah, well, and you told me something that I'd never really heard said before, but uh, but uh, I I know it's true. Is that a a lion doesn't leave the scent that a bear does. 
Correct. I mean, a, a bear leaves a lot of scent. Yeah. Long, thick fur that holds a lot of odor. I mean, a bear is not walking around the woods wor- feet. worried about being concealed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yep. Yeah. A exactly. lion is a 100% carnivore. He is a predator that is fully, fully relying on stealth to live his life. A bear is not. And so, I mean, that cat just has less odor. Right. Just doesn't smell as bad. And so, anyway, so that that's what I learned from straight is that he's watching how hard these dogs are working, and he's just like, that's a lion. Calls them off, and we keep going to try to find a bear. Yeah. But pretty amazing. But, uh, okay, so those were the two straight. You're going to have to forgive me for interrupting you oh, so you're, much. You're fine. You're but good. these these little little sections, I think, will paint a good picture for people. And ultimately, what I want to do is I want for people that have never done this before to understand the craft, the dedication, the woodsmanship, the skill, the knowledge, the lifelong dedication that it takes to consistently catch game. Yeah, this, this with is hounds. absolutely not dropping the tailgate and letting them go and just watch, just waiting for them to treat something. No, it is nowhere even in remotely in the same conversation. Yeah. So we're free, free casting these dogs. You're able to call them off a track if you don't think they should start it, and. Basically, we're making big loops. Just and the dogs are just they're just hunting hunting within sight, basically. Yeah, while we're riding mules. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them to get too far away. Just just because whenever they do start something, if uh, whether it's whether it is a bear track and, and we can see a track or uh, or we're lion hunting and uh, same same thing. Uh, if they're going the wrong direction, you need to be able to call them dogs and get a hold of them, get them lined out, going back the right direction. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, same with same with bear hunting. Well, what's uh, what's your favorite? Which do you? What's your favorite one to hunt? Bear line. That's a that's a, that's a good one. Um, that's a personal question. Straight like I, I'm not going to answer that on <laughs> a podcast. A, that's a trick question. <laughs> that's a personal question. I'd I'd have to probably go with lion hunting. If if I absolutely had to one hundred percent make a make a choice, it would it would definitely be line hunting. Tell Prefer, me, tell prefer, me why. Preferably dry ground line hunting, just because there's not many others in the area that can that can do that. So it eliminates the traffic, um, and ultimately it takes it takes a little more of a dog to to slow down and work at it. I mean. Hunting the dirt, it's a different ball game. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll take advantage of the snow with some young dogs and, and teach them the tools of the trade. But, yeah, hunting the dirt, it, it takes a smart, smart dog. Uh, okay, tell me, tell me what dry ground line hunting is. Dry ground is no snow, just bare dirt. I mean, that's because typically, if you're hunting in Idaho. I mean, the whole mountain lion hunting world is fueled by fresh snow because lions, even in areas where there's a high density of lions, they're a low-density animal. Right. So it's not like there's a lion on every single, in every canyon, you know. And so you may have to, you've got to find a lion track. And what is an easy way to find a track of anything? It's when it snows. Mm, sure. And so most places especially up north where they're lion hunting, it's 100% dependent upon snow. But we're in New Mexico. There is snow here some, but would you say three weeks out of the winter there's snow? 
total. Yeah, I mean, we we get a decent snow, four to six inches. It, it's gone within a day, day and a half. Yeah. I mean, it, after that, it just becomes a muddy mess. So, and, yeah. and so dry ground, I mean, this is an arid climate, and dry ground line hunting is the pinnacle of hound hunting, really. Yeah, for real. Is that am I is that right, straight? Yeah, yeah, you you nailed it right there. I mean, there's nothing tougher. That's what I'm trying to say. Correct. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough one. Um, I'd say for every seven to eight cats we trail, we'll catch one to two. I mean, on on average. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll, we'll get on a hot streak and, and put a couple up in a row, but on average, I'd say yeah, out of every six to seven cats we'll trail, we'll actually uh, get treed or get caught. I mean, it's a it's a different ball game. Can you tell me why the scent is such a? I mean, that's what we're talking about. It's harder for the dogs to trail a cat that's stepping into dirt rather than stepping into snow. Can you describe to me why? Mm, on scent conditions, uh, yeah, that's a. I would I would say the moisture. Um, Dogs really going to smell it. Or they're going to run it by sight. I have caught some some dogs running a snow track off of sight. Um, in the dirt, I mean, it's it's one hundred percent off of smell. Um, okay, yeah, like you said earlier, cats don't leave as much scent, um, and basically all they're leaving is pad scent, and so it's going to hold closer to the ground longer. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's I, just I, a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tougher. I mean, this is the way that I've heard it described. And tell me if you think this is a good analogy. Um, so a line track in the snow. What? So, so first of all, Chris Powell, Houndsman XP podcast, yeah. he's the yeah. one that talked to me about yeah. scent. And so, I mean, like scent is actually vaporized molecules of the animal. Okay. So a lion steps in the snow. Some of his skin follicles, hair follicles, microscopic particles are in that track and even become vaporized in the air that's in the hole of that track, okay? What is the best way to preserve a biological substance that needs to be preserved? Freeze it. Freeze it. Freeze it. So, I mean, like, basically, like, a track in the snow is like putting a hamburger in the refrigerator. Yep. It's going to last longer. You come out to this dirt right here by this fire there's no moisture whatsoever. It is in New it, Mexico, <laughs> and and that that super arid place just holds so much less yeah. odor. And so anyway, you know, so it's kind of like the refrigerator mm-hmm. or just a just a surface that does not collect odor yeah. at all. And when it does, it breaks down quick. The heat breaks it down, and the wind's blowing. The wind's blowing. <laughs> no, it don't. It never <laughs> don't, blows over don't here. say the W word. <laughs> Today, but that, they, that's t- just the challenge that those dogs overcome, you know, and it's, it is amazing to watch them work. Today they almost kicked me out of the party <laughs> because I said the word wind. The last Before two days. We left. Yeah, the last two days we've kind of been shut down by wind, uh, just high winds, and uh, it just makes it super difficult for the dogs to track. It makes it difficult for the dogs to course the other dogs. Yeah. So, like, if there's a dog 100 yards ahead that's barking, that's found the track, the dogs way back here are behind and are listening for, you know, where to go. You know, they have trouble hearing. They have You have trouble getting dogs back. You're calling dogs, and they can't hear you. 
anyway, so today I said, hope they said, well, straight said, um, he said, as long as we don't get any of the, the W today, we'll be okay. And I was like, what's W? And they got big eyed and they said, think about it, Clay. And I said, Oh, W, no W. They said, no, don't say it. Well, when we got out of the truck, I said, uh, I said, man, the wind's not blowing yet. And <laughs> the first thing he said when he said straight, straight was like, you're out. <laughs> no mule for you. <laughs> you're walking. And then I was right. There was no wind down by the truck. But once we got up on the mountain, holy moly. Yeah, it was. What was, was the it. elevation up there straight? I was like, we were about 8,400 feet up there. Yeah. And it was... Twenty-seven below zero. (laughs) My gosh, it was cold. Oh man, I'm I'm still not warm. (laughs) Yeah, it was cold, but it was. uh, And still, those dogs are hitting tracks up there. (laughs) Hey, let me let me tell you something. I didn't say this to Straight today. Straight is wearing a pair of blue jeans. (laughs) Yeah, and a. it appears to be a white T-shirt, a hoodie, and a thin, uninsulated jacket. I got, I got a flannel on too. Okay, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Me and Brent are up there decked out in like the warmest first light gear known to man. You couldn't shoot an arrow through me. How much stuff I got on? <laughs> and we get up there, and I'm freezing. Now Brent's not that cold, but I was, I was freezing. <laughs> and uh, finally, at the end of the day, at like four o'clock, I, I, I made. I, I made straight take one of my hot hands. I, I asked him if he wanted it a long time ago, and he was like, no, no, I'm good. And I finally just threw it to him. And then uh, on the way down, he finally was like, my feet are a little cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, man, cold. We passed cold a long time ago. That's about 6,000 feet uh, back up the mountain. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew that the earth was about to fall over when straight was like, yeah, my toes are a little cold. <laughs> well, what got me was when we – we stopped and we were trying to figure out what the dogs were doing. And we we're on the top up there, and we said, "Let's make some coffee." So we, yeah. where, where did we stop at for that? That was on on top. On top, <laughs> yeah. Or no, I wasn't on top. That was about a thousand feet down. I think we were at oh the seventy six hundred feet where we made coffee the second time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, the second time. Yeah, and I was like, "Man, I'm like, this is going to be good. This will be the best cup of coffee I ever had." <laughs> We got a pot going. Clay got some. I got some. Straight, you want some coffee? No, I'm all right. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> you got to drink coffee. It is too dang cold. And then straight went to get the dogs. And uh, how how fast was that wind up top? Oh, it was it was every bit of 45, 50 mile an hour. I mean, it was it was ripping up there. Good thing you had your blue jeans on. Yeah, for the, real. Yeah. Your whole feet might have got cold, not just the tip of your toes. <laughs> whole foot. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, um, so we, we've talked about we've talked about scent. We've talked about dry ground. And, I mean, it's it's dry ground bear hunting, too. But, I mean, most places you're hunting, obviously, bears are denning up in the winter, so you're not hunting them in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, you don't really use the, the term dry ground bear hunting because – you all hound hunting for bears is going to be basically dry ground right um but straight you're using the same hounds for line hunting and bear hunting yeah yeah they're they're pretty versatile i mean it's they do it year round so you got to be ready for it what do you what are you looking for in a dog intelligence um whenever they're young i'll really watch the young pups and uh i want to see a young dog that don't really take his nose off the ground he's always wanting to hunt whether it's 
whenever they're younger, rabbits. Whenever they get a little older, of course, they're going to want to trash out or whatnot. And just a dog that's always willing to hunt. We can take care of, of all that trash breaking later on. But I want to see a dog that wants to, to prove something, uh, that wants it. Intelligence um, and a dog that'll, that'll mind. Uh, those are, I'd say obedience is probably the biggest thing, though. I mean, you gotta you got to have a handle on, on that dog, like I was saying For earlier. the way you're hunting, you do for sure. Because you get out there six miles and you can't lead eight dogs back to the truck while you're riding a mule no. those dogs have to follow you back or get down off you know your mule every 15 minutes and point them in the right direction he's mm-hmm. voice commanding these dogs pointing yeah and they're doing exactly what he tells them to do what uh what kind of dogs are we hunting uh we got some bl- mainly blue tick walker cross um there's some uh there's a little red bone in there um and that's that's about it. I mean, bloodlines are just a little of everything. Uh, a couple of my dogs are got some blood from uh, uh, southeast or southwest Arizona, some dry ground lion blood, and they've they've taken to the bears. Uh, so, but yeah, there's there's nothing too fancy. But blue tick walker and a red bone in there. That's that's what we're hunting. So, uh, all these dogs would have come from this part of the country, though. I mean, they're they're dry ground and and or or would they have come from other places straight um i've got one that came from uh southern colorado uh but but yeah the rest and then besides those other two that are from arizona the rest are they're they're new mexico blood i mean they're within the state so yeah and these are big dogs uh or some of them are uh how big is uh ace what's he weigh you think ace i'd say he's about 65 pushing 70 pounds yeah and that's that's fit i mean he's he's been running since august so i mean he's he's in shape right now i'd say throughout the summer he'll he'll get up to 75 pounds yeah i mean he's he's a good sized dog yeah but every, everybody else i mean that that high tan female she's a she's a smaller dog i wouldn't say she's probably but 30 35 pounds maybe than everything i've got a couple of pups out of her that are they're they're a year old and so they're a little smaller than that but but yeah, that's and I, and I was surprised at the size. You you've got two males that um, are, I mean, I'd say seventy plus pounds, pretty mm-hmm. easy. Um, and it, this goes into conversation that we've been having this week because I'm all of my experience hunting hounds has been in in Tennessee. Uh, let me think about that. No, that's not true. Tennessee and Michigan, primarily, and West Virginia. But, you know, the east and then the mid-lake, uh, uh, the Great Lakes region. And a lot of these guys are, are wanting smaller dogs and feel like they hold up better. But, I mean, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't really seem to be a massive limiting factor out here. I mean, your ace is one of your top dogs, and he's a 70-pound dog and gets around just fine. Yeah, he's made a lot of steps up and, and not across flat ground either. Yeah, yeah. So, what what say you straight Sadio? Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean si- size. I can I can see where some guys are coming from. You you do want a smaller dog that's going to hold up. Uh, but I mean the biggest thing that's going to hold up out here is, is their feet. Uh, you know, running through all these rocks, shell rocks, rock slides. It's it's going to work on them pads. Yeah, that's that's usually the only thing that ever gives out on a dog that I that I've seen is just those pads. They get sore footed and 
having having a harder time walk or running around so but yeah other than that i mean i've big dogs can they can hang with them smaller smaller built uh dogs I mean, yeah you know i've i've heard preached so much from from the guys in the east that they want a small dog and, and they're not preaching that they're just i mean they're, that's just what they say they want right that being said i hunted with a uh, a very well-known plot breeder out in uh, West Virginia by the name of Curtis Walker. And I got no problem saying Curtis's name because I, I, I got nothing but good things to say. Um, I hunted with him one day, one morning, and his dogs treat a bear in some super tough conditions in West Virginia while I was there in just a couple hours. Rigged the bear off the off a blacktop road in West yeah. Virginia. Dropped the tailgate. And a mile and a half later and a couple hours later, we were standing under a bear tree. Awesome. They had a dog, and and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, if they know Curtis and Jamie Walker. Um, I believe they had a dog named Copper. A plot. They're plot breeders. Curtis Walker is a longtime plot breeder. <laughs> and they had a dog named Copper that was, I believe he was 90 pounds. Good God. Which is way outside... I mean, he was an outlier yeah, for their dog. strain of dogs. Yeah. Just however it happened, it happened. The dog, it was big male. And uh, word on the street was is that he was one of their top hounds that could stay with any of them. <laughs> That's you know, a big dog. It, it, it was Regardless. a big dog. Now, I didn't see Copper run. He, <laughs> and, and, and forgive me, there's going to be like diehard houndsmen that may crucify me for messing <laughs> that story up. But yeah. it was... Basically, a big old plot right. amongst a bunch of smaller plots that were kind of the the main thing. But but I, straight and I've been talking all week. Uh, like you don't get a lot of bay ups down here. Not yeah, not too many. Um, yeah, I'd say a couple a year, two to three. I mean, but for the most part, the biggest thing is some some of these smaller bears just want to run. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you like you had called them Nike bears. They 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 want to run. But yeah. yeah, other than that, we don't have the bears aren't too bad. I mean, they usually they they want to go up a tree. Yeah, yeah, especially hunting with with multiple. I mean, as many dogs as we do. I mean, they don't they don't really want to deal with much. They hear them coming and they're probably already thinking. To, and and we're hunting with seven dogs this week. Yeah, yeah, we've and they're seven. turned out all the time, yep. all seven. Mm-hmm. And I and I would say that I was a little bit surprised by that. I I thought we might have more. Um, you know, in uh, in most of the places that I've hunted in the east. There's been more dogs involved than that. Uh, in 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 the Great Lakes region, uh, I believe you can only have six or nine dogs out. There's some legal issues, like you can't run, so they more than so many dogs. Um, but it's, especially in the Appalachians, it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, so this is this is what I told you is that my experience hunting in Eastern Tennessee. I was there for three days two years ago. Um, and there were five bears killed in the, with the guys I was hunting with in three days and four of them were killed on the ground. Hmm. I mean, just sure enough, bay ups, those bears just don't want to go up a tree and there's no, there's no good explanation for why. I mean, it could be pressure, but they're just runners And, and, and everybody has their opinion of why that is, but out here, I mean, I was pretty impressed that that young the the young Nike bear we struck on the first day just treated him pretty quick. Yeah, 
yeah. you know. And that's more that's or less fun. twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, straight and Doc treat him <laughs> the first time, <laughs> and then the the pack caught up and treat him. Yeah. Well, um, so you've talked about the 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 type of dogs you're hunting. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about these Western dogs? I mean, because for for somebody that would be listening that wouldn't understand, there is such a wide just there's there's a wide gap there's this huge space where hounds i mean the the intricacies and nuances of the way hounds work and the way they hunt and their noses and are they are they open on the track or do they not bark on the track or do they tree good do they not tree good are they gritty are they do they run to catch as they say meaning they just really pushing a track hard do they i mean there's all these different things so we were talking about the differences between these Western bear hounds or what guys are needing out of dogs in the West mm-hmm. versus what these guys are needing out in the East. Anything else you'd say about what you're needing out here for hounds? Not really. I mean, basically what a hound's about. I mean, a hard hunter, I mean, stamina, smarts. I, I would think that's that's uh, pretty, vers- I mean, pretty universal East and West. Uh I would think maybe over here in the West, a uh, little colder nosed dog. Sometimes, I mean, you will end up just trying to cold trail a bear all day. So, I mean, but I know you guys do it back east as well. So, I, I think for the most part, dogs are pretty universal. Or what you're what you're looking for in a dog. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I'd have to say. Uh, yeah. In in regards to comparing the two. Yeah. Well, there is there is a difference, you know. Fire's getting to me, boys. I can't see or talk. Um, th- there is a difference, and in, uh, in, in boy, I don't. It's hard to even describe what it would be. I mean, it'd be it'd be cool to have a real veteran Eastern hunter here. But I told, I, I do know that you've got to have a fast dog that's pretty darn gritty, meaning that he's putting a lot of pressure on that bear, baying him tight getting up to make him either stop and turn or to run up a tree and, and what you want to happen is for them to run up a tree uh out here it seems like the bears are a little bit and i'm not going to say easier in the sense that it's actually easier but if you get in a bear race find a bear track and your dogs catch up to it that bear seems to be a lot more prone to run up a tree here than he is in the east and in the great lakes region i mean i, I also hunted with some very very renowned houndsman in the great lakes region and golly there were some those bears would run i mean with my own eyes i witnessed a bear race that went 36 miles per the garmin gps and uh, and we caught the dogs off of the bear and the bear just wouldn't run up a tree and uh we never we never never treat the bear Hmm. um and that's that's how tough they can be to to tree yeah that so. is that is a long race i know over over here i mean generally a long race is going to be you know for us 10 12 miles we've had sometimes up to you know pushing 15 yeah and i mean but that's yeah that's a uh yeah, 36 miles i don't think we could top that one yeah we'd be in the next county if we did yeah you know to kind of talk about just a little bit even as we close about the the importance of why that we should have houndsmen running big game in North America in 2019 and beyond. 
Why is that important? That's that's the question because it's certainly there's certainly not gobs of people doing it. This isn't like fly fishing. This isn't like even whitetail deer hunting where this is like the main thing that people are doing. But this is such a significant part of our our hunting heritage here in this country. Um, we were talking about how just yesterday, Straight and I were on mules, and I said, man, did you know that this was Teddy Roosevelt's, mm-hmm. one of his favorite hunts of all the things he did? He loved hound hunting for bears on horseback. He, they were, I think they were using horses. And, I mean, this is such a traditional hunt. And uh, I was reading a book this week, and the first animal, did I, did I tell you all this? I can't remember who I told this. The the it, it, and this is stuff y'all already know, but we'll put it in this little package. The very first animal that humans ever domesticated, per the you know the archaeological records that they've been able to find, was, was dogs. Right. And and they believe that fifteen thousand years ago, humans started to domesticate dogs, and they began to domesticate dogs for basically two reasons. One was for protection, but primarily they were using that critter to hunt. And they talked about how that the dogs that were endeared to the people, the dogs that were trainable, the dogs that were friendly, the dogs that were useful, the dogs that were able to connect with that human and perceive what that human wanted him to do was the dog that was going to be fed more, was the dog that was going to be bred more. And basically after 15,000 years, we have this incredible connection with dogs. And it is not by accident, more than any other animal. I mean, more than a mule, more than a horse, more than a cat. Like there's this human connection between dog and man that is legit. And it's not just legit because it's a cute little emotional story of man's best friend. Mm. It is legit because it is biology. Yeah. I mean, those Factual. animals have adapted and evolved to become what they are. And so why, why brethren in 2019 are, I mean, only in the last 50 years have people began to say, Hey, what y'all been doing for the last 15,000 years using dogs to hunt is bad. Pause, pause for silence and contemplation (laughs) about the craziness of this planet. Really, if we don't hunt with dogs, then our modern society is taking something away from us that in essence has made us what we are. I mean, mankind would not have survived in, uh, you know, up in Alaska when they crossed over the Bering Land Bridge if it hadn't been for dogs, dogs yeah. protecting their camp, dogs, I mean, and, and that, that's just the very primitive beginnings of what dogs would become inside of human history. But man, and, and I even, even inside of the hunting world, I think that we have, there's kind of this shifting baseline where people, even hunters, are given in to kind of the emotional propaganda, the anti-hunting community saying, well, you know, dogs, I don't know. Maybe that is kind of dog this. I don't know if I want to hunt over dogs. Man, there's been nothing ever created on the planet more fair chase 
than pursuing big game with dogs under the supervision of a craftsman, of a woodsman, like this dude right here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so don't go shoot a deer in a food plot and then shake your finger at a houndsman training a cat and killing a mountain lion underneath a hound. (laughs) Exactly. You you live in a glass house, brother. That's exactly right. And I don't think the people that are listening to this podcast think that way. They don't. But 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 what we've got to arm people with is a is is a is a is a point of view that is just legit and different from the current trends. Yeah, we've all got we've all got we're all enjoying the same stuff regardless of how what the pursuit is. If it's a legal pursuit, we've got we've got to be for that guy. Yeah. We got to be for the guy that hunts different from us. If he's doing it legally and ethically. Yeah. And it may just not be our cup of tea, but we can't we can't not support him. Right, right. You know, and that's why this hound hunting deal is such a bigger thing than just, ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool that those guys out in New Mexico get to chase lions and bears with dogs. This is actually, this is actually a very important thing for the whole of the hunting community. Sometimes the smallest thing is actually one of the most important things. Yeah. And we, we talk about this all the time, but guard the gate. The, the, the dog world is the, the big game hound community is the place where the anti-hunting community has the ability to come into our sphere. And that's why, honestly, if the hunting community could see that and understand that, mm-hmm. they would be pumping money into this thing to defend hound hunting. Nope. But the current trend is is that people, if they don't do it, if they don't know somebody that does it, they're not really endeared to the cause. Right. But, you know, what we're saying is that if you're endeared to the cause of North American hunting as we've known it, which, you know, the North American Model for Wildlife Conservation has been the most successful animal husbandry act of mankind in the history of the planet. We have more big game than any place in the world. And we have it because of big game hunting. And so it's like, if you love that, yep. then we need to protect this. Yeah, we're vested in all of it, regardless. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got a vested interest in it. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Straight? <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> do you agree? Y'all, y'all y'all yeah, oh, 100, 100%. Yeah, we got him all rattled up. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. With, yeah, everything you said. I mean, it's got got to be one. And like you said, you got to guard the gate. I mean, it's they're 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 going to come after it. I mean, it's yeah. Well, and they they are all over the country, and and uh, you you live in the in kind of the a, a, a sacred cradle of hound hunting here in New Mexico. You really do. And that's an awesome thing. And uh, we just want to see it stay that way. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's almost the last of a dying breed. I mean, I I got into it like I said six and a half years ago. But yeah, seeing how much it's changed since then. I mean, it's a it definitely ain't as big as it was. I mean, they're 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 coming after it. But yeah, yep. Well, we've got one more day left in our. Uh, we're gonna hunt one more day. Where are we gonna What are we gonna do tomorrow, straight? Hopefully we won't put a bear up a tree. We're gonna go back Hope, where we where we've been going. Take a right rather than go straight. Yeah, well, on the that, trail. We'll, we'll flip a quarter here in a bit and, and make that choice. 
<laughs> I'm still still trying to decide on that one. I know yeah. which quarter. I know which quarter we ain't gonna flip. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one. Yep, the one on the railroad track. <laughs> we couldn't find. Did find that one. Um, yeah, hopefully that W word ain't ain't cranking as hard tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. Well, we've got one day to get it done. The weather will be better tomorrow, won't it? Yeah, it was looking like I think I said in the fifties, mid fifties or so tonight. It'll probably. I don't know. I think I said mid mid upper 20s so it'll it'll get cold tonight yeah but but i think tomorrow's gonna be yeah nice he didn't say much about the about the wind but i mean i'm sure he there, said it there'll be a little bit of it but i mean we'll, it's before midnight <laughs> it's before tomorrow yeah, yeah. Before but tomorrow. yeah we'll we'll work through it we're gonna we're gonna honey the way so yeah well straight thank you so much man we've had an incredible time awesome you know awesome. i i mean i'm impressed with uh Straight talk to, to us about just kind of enjoying the journey of hound hunting and training these dogs from scratch. I mean, he could have bought a bunch of started or finished dogs, but he, he really enjoyed building this pack from the ground up, which, you know, you had some help from a few people, I'm sure, but, you know, you 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 you, you value the journey, and I think that's what you've got to do. There's no way to just jump into this sport, you know, and just – be all in right away i mean it takes time to build your pack to find what you like and uh anyway i i respect that about you straight oh so. yeah. yeah it was learned learned 100 percent more that way i think than than uh, and also made that much more of a bond with all with all them dogs like oh, that yeah. for I'm sure not, yeah just learned a lot more doing it that way versus like you had mentioned you know getting getting a started dog getting a finished dog i mean yeah we would have we would have got there quicker but I mean, it, it took it took another year or two to to really get going and catching consistently and, and efficiently, and but we're uh, we're there, and I mean, hopefully, keep keep on keep going up from here. I mean, got yeah. got some high expectations and some pups that just hit the ground. So yeah, you had pups this week. Yeah, I had five of them. You got five pups out there right now. They're over there with Mama right now, doing good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well. Brent, hey, thanks for being on the podcast. There Absolutely. was a there was a podcast review on I was it is it iTunes or Apple? Yeah, iTunes. I think. That someone that Brent didn't know that said this is a pretty good podcast, but we need some more Brent Reeves. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. We have any Brent, more? why don't you end us with one colloquial saying that your father told you when you were a boy oh my gosh i've got two how about uh how about how he knew he was poor okay my dad told me that when he learned that he was poor he got to school it was lunchtime and he opened up his lunchbox and there was an acorn i'm sorry not an acorn <laughs> i <laughs> could tell really, the story better i'd be really poor a hickory <laughs> nut and a hammer in there and that's how he knew he was really poor <laughs> <laughs> I think acres came later. <laughs> he knew he was poor when he opened up his lunchbox and there was a hickory nut and a hammer in there. That's exactly right. And he thought his name was Go Get Wood until he was 14. 14. Go get <laughs> what wood. other stories have we heard about his dad? <laughs> oh, man. Mm, I think that was... Oh, 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 I got a story. I'm just going to have to repeat these for you. We got to get... We got to... So, when, uh, when your wife was talking to your, oh your father yeah. about the dogs. Yeah, we would go down to my dad's house, and 
all his hunting dogs are across the road. He's got a bunch of uh, walker dogs. He was a big coyote hunter. World famous as far as I know. <laughs> and she can hear all these dogs barking over there. And we walk up in the house, and she's like, all those dogs, those are dad's dogs. I mean, she said, well, they're, they're all barking over there. I said, yeah, that's his hunting dogs. We walk in the house, and she says, what kind of dogs are those over there barking? And he said, well, they're running walkers. She said, running walkers? They need to make up their mind. <laughs> <laughs> and until that point, uh, I had never really thought about it. You know, just they were either running walkers or treeing walkers, and you never <laughs> thought about that, but... And it took it, your wife. It took my city mouse wife to point that to out. To be like, there's a, there is a little irony here, boys. Yeah, that Running, makes no sense. Walkers. That, that makes no sense. <laughs> they need to make up their mind. Exactly. Oh man, <laughs> that had me going. That had me going. Uh, it, can you think of another straight? Is there another story? I mean, Brett just keeps us entertained with stories. Oh man, constantly. Oh man, you. Not that I could think of right now. I hadn't. They just come, they just pop, pop out, you know. I, I should, I was remembering those things when I should have been remembering algebra, but yeah, that's that's what soaked in. You yep. remembering those jokes the other day when you forgot the arrows? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a that was a good day. First day out, yeah. First day out, we get. I don't know how how far were we from the from the truck. Well, we were at the truck. We were but the truck. We were. An hour away from yeah. We were, oh yeah, they were they, they, they were, were here. here. Yeah, they were yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got out to to start hunting, and Clay says, "I forgot my I forgot my arrow." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, but he had it covered. We did. We did have. You it's you can you can use a a gun. So I had my yeah. I had my forty four yeah, magnum pistol. pistol. Ready, so. so we pistol hunted that day. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. I forgot my arrows. I forgot my arrows. Well, straight. Thanks for having us out, man. Really, we've had a great time. No matter Absolutely. what the outcome is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, guys, if you're looking for a, a mountain lion hunt or a bear hunt in the West, straight, straight's the guy to talk to. Straight twenty on Instagram. Uh, yes, sir. Straight twenty. S T R A I T. 20 on instagram and uh you're on facebook too oh yeah, yeah. straight uh yeah sadio uh i was wanting to pronounce it sadillo because it has two l's but that would have been wrong <laughs> if i ever did that which i never did <laughs> but uh nah man really it's incredible it's an incredible hunt incredible place and Lots of great folks out here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you guys, you guys have been. I mean, awesome. I mean, it's. I know. I know to think coming into it, but yeah. I mean, after. I mean, within the first thirty minutes, I knew. I knew these are. You guys are, are two great guys, and uh, I mean, you guys are always welcome back. Welcome back to this camp. So I mean, hopefully, we'll have some more, some more memories to make, more hunts to. Right on, man. Right on. Well, hey, keep the wild places wild, because that's where the mountain lions and bears live. We out. We out. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. 
They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. 